Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the Major League Baseball playoffs, which is happening right now with the playing games that started. We're also going to talk about the NFL, Earl Thomas, Le'Veon Bell coming back. We're also going to talk about the NFL Magic and all the other NFL news that's going on um, this week. We're also going to talk about the NBA preseason starting and our thoughts about the NBA and how the season is going to start off. My co-host, my co-host, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross join me out calls on Guys Talking Sports, and that begins right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love and support that you guys have out there for us. You know, it's just a couple of guys doing our thing as normal. So we're going to get right into it. Got my co-host with me, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross with me. So what's going on, fellas, man? How y'all doing today? A very long, long, long day. Man, it's the MLB playoffs and the Yankees are... Or on TV, you know, what more can you ask for other than the fact that it sucks that they're a 100-win team and got to play a playoff game to make it in the playoffs, but we ain't going to go about that right now. No, to be honest, that's exactly what we're going to get into because I think that it's very important, and I know that you got something to say in regards to that. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into it. Of course, the Major League Baseball has the play-in games going on right now to see who could actually make it into the playoffs. So I'm just going to turn it right back over to you and just profess your ongoing, um, I guess, not rant, but your ongoing issue with the playing game of the New York Yankees. I'm not mad. I mean, I think the playing game was great. It added another element of uh, the playoffs to baseball, and it, it, it afforded that 16. Uh, I'm sorry, that yeah, no, that fifth, fifth team to come in there and uh, wreak all types of havoc. It kind of sucks that it's a one game do or die type of scenario, but I guess that what brings the the lore and the mystique to the game because it's like you win and go home. So either you're going to bring your A game or you go home. Uh, pretty much just like the uh, the Chicago-Colorado game last night. I watched some of that game. Unfortunately, I could not stay up till one thirty or 2 o'clock in the morning when it ended. But, I mean, that was a game like none other considering that both teams it went to 14 innings for a 2-1 victory. And that's what you kind of expect from the playoffs. You don't expect a lot of blowout type of type uh, type of games. So uh, kudos, you know, tip your hat to the Colorado Rockies for going in there and knocking off the last year's World no, not last year, the year before last year's uh, World Series, the year before year, uh, last uh, World Series champion, and securing their spot in the, I guess you would saw the pseudo first round or the pseudo second round of the MLB playoffs. Now, concerning the Yankees, now, of course, you know, I want them to win, but the, the crazy part about it is in the next round, they face the Red Sox. So it's like you're taking the two best teams in American League and squaring them off right there in the beginning of the playoffs. So, unfortunately, either one team is going to be highly disappointed or one team is going to be highly upset, meaning that if the Red Sox lose in this five-game series, it's a major upset because they're the best team in baseball. And 
if the Yankees lose, then of course they're just upset just because they feel as though, you know, they should have had an opportunity to make it, you know, to the next round as well. But that's why we love sports. This is the this is the time this is the time of year that if we weren't watching or paying close attention to what was going on, all eyes are on the TV set now because this is when baseball actually means something. Um, and this is when baseball is most exciting. I know Earl doesn't watch much baseball, but damn it, he'll watch some playoff baseball because <laughs> it's, it's compelling. <laughs> it's good for TV. Uh, and I look forward. I hope the Yankees can go ahead and pull it out. Um, if they do, I am not really looking forward to a five-game series against Boston because they arguably have the best pitching staff in baseball, so it make things kind of difficult. But can't count out those Bronx Bombers because they got plenty of hitters out there, and the pitching staff is not too shabby either. So, but not looking ahead, we still got to get past wherever the hell we are, Oakland. And uh, if we get past Oakland, then I'll sit there and talk smack <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> hey, well, look, I mean, if the Yankees do get past Oakland, I mean. And they just got themselves out of out of a jam <laughs> at the top of the fourth with bases loaded. Um, they might want to decide to pull Soriano out there sooner than rather sooner than later. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess you know, look at the alternative. I mean, if you just had the pennant race, the Yankees wouldn't even be in a um, have an opportunity right now. I mean, would they have still try to go for 100 games, knowing that they were 10 games behind? the Red Sox, you know, several weeks ago and just pretty much out of, you know, out of it. So, um, like you said, it's makes for more compelling baseball. I mean, um, it's these situations, you know, every couple of years where it kind of makes you question how they have things set up just the same way where they have it in basketball, where now they want to try to come up with the idea of taking the top 16 teams, throw them in the bag and go. You know, instead of having the best from the East and the West, it always gets muddy every couple of years when you have these scenarios. But I mean, it's compelling. It's compelling. I mean, baseball is one game in. Um, like you said, like, you know, the Cubbies, you know, they, you know, 14 innings and they lost. I was it 2 1, I think, was the final score? Yep, that's the final score. Yep. Um, Uh, two on was the final score right now. You know, Yankees are um, up two and zero. If they make it, they have the um, the Boston Red Sox. And if I was you, Ace, I think you should be feeling pretty good because throughout the year, the Yankees have pretty much you know you know had had the Red Sox um, card except for the one series what two months ago where they were just hurt all across the board and the Red Sox ran them out the building. Right, right. However, when they when they had a fully one had the full clip. They basically got the best of the Red Sox, you know, beginning of the year and most recently, you know, what was it last week? Yeah, it took two or three. Yeah, I think the last one, I think they just, just, just peed it out and just, you know, and just, you know, mailed it in. But that should make for a good series. And if I'm the Boston Red Sox, they better pray and hope that the Oakland A's win and not the Yankees because I don't, I'm not sure they want to see the, um, the Yankees at this point. Uh, uh, <clears throat> They may, but I don't think they want to take – I think they'll take their chances better with Oakland than they will with the Yankees. I agree. Um, but if you thought that uh, the, the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry was, was crazy, the playoff rivalry is a whole different ball of wax. But it's not that I'm 
disappointed that the Yankees sees the Red Sox. I'm just disappointed that it's in the second round and it's a, a five-game series versus a seven because the Red Sox, you know, they pull out a – I forget their, their top two. Um, but their top two is formidable. Not to say that the Yankees' uh, rotation isn't formidable, but we're already throwing out our ace right now, Severino. He wouldn't be available – to at least game four if we went to the playoffs versus the Red Sox. Granted, if we if they make it past three games. <laughs> and the thing about that, when you talk about Serino is your is your start of your ace. Because <laughs> they ain't got nobody else at this particular point. Well, I mean, uh, we, we got AJ, some other... With AJ Hat? Because he ain't we, done shit since they got him. Well, that's not true. He's been a consistent pitcher. He's been consistent, but I don't know if he's... If he has the, if he's had to pitch in these high pressure situations. Now, granted, yes, the Yankees were pretty much in high pressure most of the most of September because they were fighting off Oakland to make sure they secured at least a one game playoff in, in Yankee Stadium. But, um, man, Boston is just scary, man. That lineup, their offensive lineup, is just scary uh, from top to bottom. And personally. I would rather see them in the ALCS, the Atlantic, you know, the uh, in the championship series versus the divisional round, just because you have more cracks at them. It's a seven-game series versus a five, so it gives you that one opportunity, at least one or two more games opportunity to to try to knock them off. In a five-game series, you got to be damn near flawless. You you really can't take off. You know, and hope that you could split and then go to game five and knowing that you're not, you don't have home field advantage. So it's two, what, two, two, one? <laughs> or, yeah, I think that's probably the format. So the Yankees will have to then go in there and go into Boston to steal one. Not to say that they can't, but it's playoff baseball, it's a whole different ball of wax. And I'm not even showing love to the West, you know, to the, to the NL. Because, you know, everybody knows the Dodgers, the Colorado, uh, Atlanta, and somebody else. Milwaukee? Yeah, Milwaukee. No, yeah. I think it's Milwaukee. Either way, that all sucks. It's all about the hell. Ladies, you down in National League. I mean, like. Never, yeah. never, never had love for the NL. Nah, obviously, I mean that's like it's like they could be the they could be the powerhouse. You still should shut them down. You don't have love for the Dodgers. You don't have love for Death Row Records. Hey man, look, man, they 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 the bad boys of the West. <laughs> they like to spend money too. You know what I'm saying? But uh, we'll see. You know, I, I personally, I would love to see a Dodgers Yankees. Uh, World Series, I doubt it will happen. But, you know, when you're thinking about the old school when you had the Brooklyn Dodgers, you know, they were the uh, Jackie Robinson play for Brooklyn. It would be nice to kind of throw that kind of spin in there and to have that type of World Series, two big media markets. Oh, man. Baseball. Mm. That would be a, that would be the TV's, uh, that would be the uh, the marketing and TV's dream matchup. Mm -hmm. Dodgers. They probably catch ten percent wood just thinking about it over here. <laughs> <laughs> they, they would, they would definitely love that, but uh, I don't see it happening. Not that I don't have faith in the Yankees, nor do I not have faith in the uh, 
in LA, you know, but Houston is still a problem. Boston is a problem. Um, yeah, because uh, Houston is, yes. their pitch is. Right, there's that. And the Yankees were pretty much one game away of knocking off Houston last season. And the Yankees were a year away. They didn't expect the Yankees to be as good as they were last year. And all the injuries this year really kind of, kind of, made them stumble a little bit. I can only imagine if they were healthy the majority of the year, how many more games they possibly could have won. And it's sad that I read somewhere that this is probably the the worst 100-win Yankee team that has ever been put out there. And I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> the statement is bad itself. The worst 100-win team. <laughs> right. You know, because their pitching isn't that great. They lot of they lost a lot of their stars to injury, regardless of, you know, whenever it happened for long periods of time. But they still managed to to play somewhat above five hundred baseball in the second half to kind of maintain enough of a lead so that Oakland wouldn't overtake them. But if they'd have stayed healthy, I can only imagine how lethal. Uh it it'd be something that I I still think Boston might have won the division or won the, at least the AL East. But it would have been a hell of a lot closer than ten games. That's for sure. It probably would have came. It probably would have come down to that last weekend where they played in the regular season to to determine who would have won the AL East. I just gonna say that <laughs> right now. I, I kind of want to wish. I kind of wish that the playing games were maybe a, like a three game series at this point. I think that would have been a lot more feasible to give the teams, you know, the uh, a, a actual formidable chance um, to see who comes out. So even if they lose one game, who's to say they could come back in the next two games? So I would rather see them play in game, go three-game series. Um, to be honest, I don't understand why Major League Baseball have, doesn't do that because it'll generate enough more interest in just not just in one game, but in going on with game two and game three to see what happens next. They probably don't um, want to push the, uh, the World Series any farther out than they already got it. Well, I'd say that and also travel, uh, depending on who the two teams are. Because, you know, it's not going to be fair that you play a home game here and not be able to go over to the next team's spot to play the game. Now, if they made it a three-game series where it's a neutral site game, maybe play a tw- uh, day-night doubleheader, or something to make it a little bit more compelling, a little bit more interesting. I can see that. But I have to be at a neutral site, and neither one of the teams would generate any sort of uh, revenue other than media revenue yeah. uh, for, for those games. And I think that's where owners might have a problem because, you know, they're all about their papers. <laughs> no, I, I get that. I get that. Um, but I just feel as though that that's probably what a lot of fans are wanting because – you know, more baseball games in October. I think it'll be something that, you know, will help benefit both. Um, actually, I, I, me personally, because like you said, Ace, if the Yankees lose this game, you know what I'm saying, it's just one game, it's a one in, one out. S- similar to like being upset, <laughs> like in the NCAA tournament. Right. Like the number one and top seeds or the top teams um, that seeded get upset by like 16 and, um, <laughs> you know, the 16C, 15C, you know. So without having that real opportunity to showcase what they could do if they was in an actual playoff series. So um, 
I was always kind of wish, I mean, you know, I was always kind of thinking about why not having a three-game series. But it's either here or there. I agree with you guys 100% as far as, you know, I think Boston and Houston right now is just playing lights out um, this past month, um, getting themselves ready for the postseason. And to be honest, whoever is the hottest team has a great chance of, of, of making it there. So um, I would love to see – I would love, to be honest – I, just, I agree. I don't see a L.A. New York series, um, World Series at all um, at this point. But it would have been interesting if, it, if that is the case, because that's what's going to be the whole talk of the town if that was. So, you okay. know, we'll, we'll definitely see how this plays out. Well, I always said this, you know, and that's what makes baseball so special. Baseball has never been about been a sport about offense. Granted, you, you try to put the best team out there to generate offense. But baseball is always about pitching. And the playoffs always brings the best as far as the best teams who have the best pitching. And that's why scores are always 2-1, 3-2, because you're not going to see a lot of offense because this is when the time when the cream rises to the crop. And it's pitching and defense that wins World Series versus offense uh, because great pitching will neutralize offense in baseball. 10 times out of 10, without a question. So for those who don't appreciate the 10-9 games or the 13-12 games, I don't know, baseball playoffs or playoff baseball may not be for everybody. But if you appreciate a good pitcher's duel, this is definitely when you want to watch baseball because it makes every hit, every run much more compelling because you just don't know when the next run is going to come across the board. Totally agree. Totally agree. Totally agree. So we'll see what's going on, and we'll continue to keep watching in regards to Major League Baseball and how the playoffs is going. Um, but for right now, we're going to switch a little bit gears here and talk a little bit about football. Uh, so much stuff has happened um, this past week. Uh, we now know that Fournette is ruled out this week um, against the next, the upcoming game. Of course, you got Le'Veon Bell now talking about reporting. Um, there's reports saying he's going to report week seven. Uh, and also you got the Seattle Seahawks linebacker who is now in indefinite suspension because of insider trainer. So trading. So there's a lot of stuff that we could talk about. So I'm just going to go round robin and see, get your thoughts on what went down in the NFL and um, all the news that's been going on. I'll, anybody can start. Well, I'll start. I mean, um, Obviously, you know, two of the hotter topics. One, you have Earl Thomas, who uh, broke the same leg that he broke um, broke prior. And so this is all in due to a contract dispute with with um, the Seahawks, where he wanted his contract extended because he out outplayed his current contract. And Seattle wasn't going to extend it, so he opted to come in and play. You know, didn't practice at all and, you know, you know, camp or anything. Came to play, was still listed as your best defensive player on that team, listed as one of the better defensive players in the league. All he was asking was saying he had outperformed his contract. And Seattle and the owners was just not really, you know, was not really budging on that one. But he came and played, and he broke his leg. So... He doesn't have that guaranteed, you know, peace of mind that he would have had if the guys would have 
extended his contract. If he worked the deal, I don't know. So that was unfortunate for him. Um, and then you see Le'Veon Bell, who has been holding out, finally said he's going to return in, what, week, what, nine or something like that. And, you know, um, he's holding out. He's coming back in. He'll sign his franchise tag. He'll play. I don't know what the I don't know what the Steelers are going to do because you know, either try to trade him, and then someone has to take over that money, or he just signs the franchise tag. You can't tag him again. He becomes a free agent, and then he walks for nothing. Right. So I mean, um, and he's you know same thing that Earl Thomas is dealing with. You know, a contract extension, guaranteed monies. They'll do it for quarterbacks. They did it for Aaron Rodgers. His contract wasn't up, but they damn sure backed back the truck up and gave him $108 million guaranteed on a contract that wasn't even up yet. He had one more year left on it. They do it for who they want to, but, you know, it's those are the two things that really stood out for me, you know, as far as players and contract extensions and guaranteed monies go. So, I mean, those are the two things that just really just unfortunate for Earl Thomas Le'Veon Bell, I'm so, I, I knew he was going to come back. I'm surprised it was taking this long, but it's going to be curious how the locker room receives him, you know. But he has him, you know, he has him by the balls because the Steelers he ain't looking so good right now, and they need all the help they can get. So he got him. <laughs> he got him by the proverbial balls right now. So they're going to grit and bear, you know, grit their teeth and, and accept him with open arms. You really think so? They'll smile and do everything, but trust me, they'll be cussing under their under their breath. And once they turn and walk into the door, they'll be cussing some more. But right now, the way they're looking in that contract and then um their record was one was a one two and one. They yeah. they need some help because that offense just looks lethargic. Yeah, very. But but what I'm saying is, is that do you think that kind of they both cancel out each other? I mean, because let's be honest, you know, Le'Veon Bell is still losing money. Regardless. So you think it, it kind of cancels out the fact that they need him just as much as he needs them? I wouldn't say that. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't say that either because they could have always – they could have tried to say, we'll, we'll trade you, we'll waive the franchise tag or however they can do it and still trade him. If they really, really wanted to get rid of him, they could have. What do you think, Ace? Um, like you said, it's, uh, the office looks horrible. Not that the office looks horrible. It's just that they, they don't have a run game. Nothing, not taking anything away from James Conner. I think James Conner is doing an excellent job considering the situation, but Le'Veon just adds a different, uh, added dimension. Uh, one with the style of uh, running, being so patient and waiting for holes to develop before he, you know, breaks through the line and gets what he needs to get. But, that that also had a security blanket for Big Ben coming out of the backfield when it comes to passes. And it's not that I'm saying James Conner can't do that, but I'm sure Big Ben has a different level of rapport with uh, Le'Veon Bell because he, he probably can anticipate what he's going to do, how he's going to go about doing things, etc. Um, as far as losing the money is concerned, okay, yeah, he's losing out on some money, but in the same sense, He's looking at it as, okay, if you paid me, I'm not saying we'd be better than one, two, and one, but I'm saying that we wouldn't just be 
uh, a scenario where we could score a bunch of points in one particular quarter, but we can't move the ball or be more effective in the second half. Um, so, like Earl said, they, he does have them by the balls per se. All I'm saying is, if you think he's that that type of back, if you think he's that valuable, if you think he brings plus minus you know four wins to your squad, then you don't you got to pay him like Ty Gurley got paid, and maybe the benchmark is maybe five hundred thousand dollars more or a million dollar more than Ty Gurley, but you got to give him the money. Now, granted, yes, running backs, the shelf life. But he's still only like 20, 26. He could probably still be a very, very productive back for the next two, maybe. Well, now I, I would say the next three or four years because, you know, he's been pulling this whole holdout thing. Now this is the second year in a row. So he's not as banged up as, say, somebody who went through the vigors of uh, training camp and all the other stuff. So um, Earl Thomas now. Yeah, I could see what Earl Thomas was trying to achieve. The the worst case scenario happened with him getting hurt. Now he's in limbo because now he cost by him not having that deal. Now it's cost him a bigger contract in the off season going to another team. Uh, him flipping off the Seattle sideline as he was coming off on the cart. I thought that was a bit comical, but. He has every right to be upset because all he was asking for is securing his future and securing um, just, just being, you know, just being financially secure with the situation. Everybody knows that in football, you know, you could be hot shit today and then you could be nothing tomorrow and cut tomorrow and your money is just done. Whereas basketball and baseball, you have guaranteed contracts. However, they tend to pay you. That's how you work it out with your agent and, and, and the organization. But at least you know your income ain't stopping. Football, it's just a cutthroat sport. Once you once they find you expendable, dude, you're you you're, you're done. You know, no more money coming. So all my man was sitting there trying to do was prepare for his future. Now, mind you, again, it's sad that 70, 80, or 85% of these jokers, once they leave the league, end up broke within 10 years. <laughs> so you can only hope <laughs> – that he was uh, doing something positive with his money so that it would last him beyond that 10-year window. But um, I agree with Earl Thomas. I, I, you know, if if Seattle didn't want to extend him, just trade the man. Another team would have done it. Hell, Oakland didn't want Mac. Should you see how fast uh, – you saw fast Chicago re up this damn contract the minute he signed the next day? He locked it up long term? <laughs> Somebody was willing to pay that man long term, and, and, he, and he's paying dividends for that for that exactly. Chicago team right now. Exactly, and the same thing with Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas would have gave one hundred and twenty percent on the practice field and in games if he knew that if something happened to him, he'd be financially secure. And unfortunately, that's the problem. You know? Well, thankfully for my psyche Giants, he didn't get signed by uh, Jerry Jones to Cowboys. So at least not yet. Well, I'm telling you, take him. Jerry probably will take him, but he's gonna take him at a significant discount now. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he he don't lost the money. No, yeah, of course. But I think that what it's all said that Earl Thomas would be long as somebody takes him, I think he'll be happy with that. Um, 
I know it'll probably, I'm thinking he's looking more, not for the money aspect, but, but for the amount of years um, to keep himself financially, um, see, you know, going for at least the next couple of years. So I'm very interested in seeing that. Um, I, I, I do have to say that the predictions that you guys made were right in regards to um, Fitzmagic. Um, <laughs> um, I will say that those predictions are right. And to the extent, that's why I said before that I was only going to keep him to week four. And week four is now officially done. So I released him and back into the free agent. <laughs> so with that being said, hmm. um, my tenure, the only thing is that I regret um, dropping who I had for him. But that's neither here nor there. We can talk about that in another time. But the point is that, of course, Fitzmagic. Hold up. You, you didn't have Jared Goff and you dropped him, did you? Yes. Oh, you're a fool. I know. I, I should smack the hell out of you just now. <laughs> well, well, I, I know. I know. Game, that game was a, was more of a flip because that was that was a, a all but, record. But the but here's the thing. I took the risk of saying, all right, nobody has picked them up yet. So I said I'm gonna give him an additional week. And once I saw that Fitz, Fitzpatrick was like bench, I was like, okay, cool. I'll just pick up Jared Golf, and nothing never happened. And sure enough, sure enough, Marvin came out of nowhere and snatched him right before I was about to pick him up and claimed him off waivers. So oh, he, got him, he got him Thursday afternoon because he didn't have him Thursday morning. Yeah, I know. Like, and, and that was, what is he doing in here? Yeah, because I, exactly, I was like, all right, because I had him on my watch list. And I'm like, all right. I said, as soon as I woke up, I said, all right, I'm going to snatch him up real quick. You know, this magic is done. Then... I get my thing saying that I couldn't do it. I'm like, yeah, what happened? I said, oh, I hope nobody ain't take him. And sure enough, I was like, all right, hey. <laughs> I, I, I said, I can't be mad. I, you know, I'm mad at myself for letting go in the first place. But I took a risk. It was no big deal. I mean, I'm cool with that. I, I got I to gotta suffer the consequences. But neither here nor there. Winston is replacing him now. <laughs> so, so, of course, that ends the fixed magic era. Um, four weeks is not that bad. I mean, he did put up a couple of numbers, so I give credit where credit is due. Um, he definitely carried me this past week. So with that being said, um, <laughs> I also agree with you about the Earl Thomas. I think that in a nutshell, I really believe that, you know, Earl Thomas, he put a risk on, he put a, 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 a risk on himself and he betted on himself. And I, I just, I, I, I really Hope that things work out for him um, because he got a long journey to go now. So I also agree with you about Le'Veon Bell. I really thought that he would have been back sooner than later. So I really think that Le'Veon Bell is going to – I think it's just going to work out. They're going to be as business as usual. Pittsburgh's going to do what they need to do. Bell is going to do what he needs to do and just continue to move forward. Um, I think the end of this season is going to be interesting to see how things play out going forward with Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh. Um, hopefully they can settle their differences for this season, but it'll be interesting to see once he does get back on the field. Um, outside of that, I mean, the NFL is right now – Is I know it's just week four, but there really hasn't been many surprises at this point um, outside New England being the way they are. Patrick um, Mahomes, is he the real deal? <laughs> And, and, a real deal. and quiet silence. <laughs> Holmes. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, oh, oh McCone, Mahomes. Holmes, I'm sorry. Ah, uh, yes. 
that. that right year. now, I think he's the the Deshaun, the Deshaun Watson of last year before he got injured. I think, I think Andy Reid and management and the organization over at Kansas City knew exactly what they were getting with him and knew exactly how to utilize him and utilize him to his strengths. And that's what happens when you pick up a QB, regardless of whatever offense he might have ran in college, to understand the strengths of that QB and use it to their advantage. And, and having the opportunity to sit behind, uh, what's his name, Alex, Alex Smith. The opportunity to sit behind Alex Smith and Alex Smith to understand that this is the guy who's going to replace you next year. And you know what? I'm not going to be that bitter QB. I'm going to go ahead and mentor this young kid and make sure that he's ready to take over. And like I said before in previous in previous uh, talks that we've had, Smith, you know, uh, kudos has to go to Alex Smith for just being that dude that was willing to mentor a young QB and make him and help and shape him to be the quarterback that he is right now, the Kansas City Chiefs. So he's saying, unlike uh, 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 Brett Favre, Brett Favre or... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, because it's bottom line. I agree. I, you know, I guess I'm not going to say, he, you know, you know, he he's the road. I guess the jury is still out. You have a, a long season to play. I mean. The uh, the uh, Monday night game against um, against uh, oh, can't get the words out against the um, Denver Broncos. Not the best defense they've had over the last couple of years, but a quality defense nonetheless. He played, you know, you know, he played a good game. He came from behind, ten points down in the fourth quarter. Wasn't really doing much the first three quarters, but lit it up in the fourth quarter. So, um, you know, they definitely, you know, he has some, he has some moxie, ace, as you would say. Um, um, like you said, he, he sat his, sat his year. I mean, he was under Alex Smith. I mean, Alex Smith, you know, groomed him and Kansas city sent him to a nice situation in, in without Washington and they inserted the kid and he just hit the ground running. And, you know, he's not, he's actually doing a lot of this from the pocket and he has some wheels where he can move around, but he tends to stay in the pocket and only runs when absolutely necessary. But then again, he has, an assortment of weapons around him, which makes his game so much easier. I mean, I mean, you can just go through the names: Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt, you know, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. I mean, he has weapons that he's getting it to in the right spot. So, I mean, you know, he has a leg up on some of the other. It's almost it's like how Deshaun Watson came in. He had the great offensive line, the great running game. The defense was eh, but they didn't ask him to do too much, and he kind of looked like, you know, an all-pro. And, I mean, but Patrick Mahomes, he's doing that plus more. He's actually throwing a rock and slinging it, you know, for four, you know, three or four TDs per game. So, like I said, the jury's still out. I mean, I think they have Jacksonville, so that's going to be a really good test for this kid. I mean, if he comes out there and plays just as good as he did with, with the Broncos or even better and lights up the Jacksonville defense – and I think you're going to have to, you know, stand up and take notice. Um, you know, like you said, Ace, they tailored the offense to maximize his skill set, you know. Yep. 
and and you look at it, he's you know he's playing he's he's playing you know fantastic football, and it arguably could it be arguably right now the leading candidate for MVP in the league. I was going to actually give him most improved, but <laughs> MVP is definitely out there. I mean, it's not a stretch for him. Definitely not a stretch for him. Well, I mean, if you gave it at the quarter quarter uh, quarter benchmarks uh, of the season, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, he's definitely lighting it up. Or, um, or, should, or should they say he's he's putting himself in that discussion? Oh yeah, yeah. But like you said, Earl, it's, uh, he has an assortment of weapons that make things a hell of a lot easier than a lot of quarterbacks in the league who don't have the the, the delve of riches that he has. So, and uh, it, it's almost like stealing. It shouldn't be that easy sometimes, <laughs> you know. But that's what happens. I mean, it's it's hard for eleven on eleven and for a defense to, to try and defend everything that they have. Somebody's going to be open. And Mahomes has just got that vision and is just recognizing the open receiver and taking full advantage of it. And you got to give him kudos for that. Yeah, and then with the old line protecting him the way that they're doing, it's just making his job so much easier. So, so easy. Um, but you're right. Um, this game, this upcoming game is going to be very interesting against Jacksonville. And I really want to see how he performs with this type of defense all around him. Um, well, I'm, I'm even more curious to see what Jalen Ramsey is going to have to say, if anything at all. <laughs> he hasn't said much, which is surprising because he talks a lot, and a lot of stuff he was talking about was actually kind of true. He's a prophet, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> He's a prophet. So, if, obviously, if he ain't saying nothing, he respects him. <laughs> I was, I was, um, to be honest, I was waiting to see if he was going to ever do that stuff with, I mean, in week one. Like, just start going after people, but. Well, shit, he did it before the damn week one. <laughs> no, no, but that's what I'm saying. I thought he was going to continue after going after people. But oh, oh no, nah. he 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 said what he had to say. He waited and then he dropped the bike and walked off. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> like, uh huh. I said what I said in that minute. <laughs> Look, <laughs> but I digress. Um, before we get ready to go out, because it's almost that time, I um, just want to get your thoughts on um, anything as far as the NBA preseason um, goes. I know a couple of games already started. Um, so I'm just curious to see if you guys saw anything as far as the NBA season, the preseason, um, anything that stood out to you guys um, with any team at this point. Oh. Oh. But you are absolutely right. I, my, my, my mistake, my mistake, my mistake. Before we get into the NBA season and before it's about that time, you know, we do guys take a minute and thank our sponsors. Of course, and that's AG. Is it AG? Bookie, MyBookie.ag. Man, I am losing it. I am so uh, – you know what? It's the time. It's the time. But we definitely <laughs> got to take our time to thank our sponsors. Huh? My bookie. Yes, mybookie.com. We got to take a minute to thank our sponsors. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking us for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, we don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out mybookie. And remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. 
That's what we always tell people that bet with my bookie. Now trust us guys, they are the best this season. They've been in business for years, they have great reviews online, and the mobile site is easy to use. Now just lay down some cash and win big today. And we only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most reward player person in business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over and under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Now remember, use promo code GUYS100 to activate the offer, and my bookie will match um, your listeners' first deposit 100% up to $1,000. Now remember, visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, M Y B O O K I E. Don't forget to use the promo code GUYS100 when creating your account to claim the bonus. Remember, you play, you win, you get paid. All right. And again, we'd like to thank my bookie for sponsoring us. Really appreciate the love and support. All right, fellas. So we're getting right down to the nitty gritty, almost time to get up out of here. But before we do, again, just want to get your thoughts and takes about. Um, the preseason of the NBA. Any thoughts, anything that you want to add or anything you want to make mention? No. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's too early to start talking about the NBA. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's going to be – I'm curious to see how Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, how they integrate back into the, you know, the Celtics – um, I want to see how how the um the first round draft pick Aton how how he's going to look. Um, mm-hmm. Do the do the Sixers do they continue their trend and you know continue to get better? Will Markel Fultz shot? <laughs> Trust the process. Now, if his shot starts dropping, ooh wee, <laughs> it's going to be a problem. But um. Right now, it's still too early to tell. I mean, you know, of course, this last season is going to be, you know, Dwayne Wade, a.k.a. Flash's, you know, you know, farewell tour. So, you know, that was one player who, in my opinion, always thought had a better defensive game than LeBron James by light years. Not by little, by light years. So, um, Really? Yes. yes. <clears throat> Up until recently, LeBron's defense has gotten – better but when they first came out over those first I would say those first five to six years I would say by far Dwayne Wade's defense you know was much better and his and his you know his killer instinct far surpassed LeBron James I don't disagree <laughs> and I'm hoping my uh, and hoping Detroit will do something this year I have no idea what they're going to do but you got Blake I ain't want Blake. <laughs> Wait, you, you, mean, you didn't want Blake? Nope. Too pretty? Hmm. Too soft. He was soft in the Clippers, and he got bounced from the Clippers, and Detroit picked him up to sell tickets. That's that's the only reason why. He's just not that dude. So you have, do you have trust in your coach? You coach now? Not yet. Wow. Okay. Who is your coach now? Dwayne Casey, coach of the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good pickup. Yeah, I think that was the best all-season movie I made. Yeah, <laughs> in a, a couple of years. <laughs> in a couple of years, I didn't go that far. But. I, don't have, 
I don't have trust in him yet because I don't know what he's going to do with this. But like I said, I didn't. I wasn't all that thrilled about Blake Griffin. Don't get, don't get Joel started on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Um, one more quick question in, in regards to the NBA. Do you think Jimmy Butler stays Minnesota Timberwolves before the season starts? Yes or no? I, I think I think he stays only because Minnesota's is asking too much, especially for a rental. Stays, yes, because if they would have something would have happened by now, or something would have been in the works by now. Well, let me phrase that: something would have happened by now, but it's not to say something is in the works right now. Okay. Right, and, 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 no team, and no team wants to sit there and commit to get that much, and not knowing if they're going to have it beyond one season. But do I think he'll finish out the, – the bigger question is, do I think he'll finish out the season on that team? My answer is no. I agree. They're going to have to get something. They'll get desperate. <laughs> well, we'll definitely see how that plays out going forward. Um, but right now it's about that time. Oh, oh, oh one last question. Sure. KD to NY? No? Yay? No. no. Not even to Brooklyn? No. No. No Brooklyn. No. You don't want him in Brooklyn? Not saying I don't want him in Brooklyn. I just said no. He ain't – no. I mean, they're – no. I just don't see it. <laughs> he said no. I, I, the only way I would see that happening is if they get somebody else. If they don't bring in another person, no. But I just don't even see him going to New York. He's. I mean, if, it's, if he goes to New York, I'm sorry, but that tarnishes everything – as far as the legacy is concerned. And I know that there's people out there that don't like him for what he did with Golden State, but he's still a champion. So why would you leave a championship team to go play for somebody else when you can win multiple championships? Not like, you know, they're fighting. They're almost a dead lock in the finals. I mean, because now he can leave graciously and Boogie can then step up and take take the offensive burden from the post uh, perspective. <laughs> nah, because Boogie ain't going to stay. You going to get his ring and bounce? I would not be surprised. If anybody that would bounce out of Golden State, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Boogie. Draymond stays, Clay stays, Steph is going to stay. I agree. Big three. <laughs> I agree. KD could, but he wouldn't, it, would, it wouldn't be the Knicks. Yeah, it wouldn't be that. I don't understand. Okay, I'm not going to say anything because I could go back about this whole rant about the Knicks. Um, <laughs> I, I will just say this. Um, 2019, everybody's looking forward to 2019 than this season. Bottom mm-hmm. line. Bottom line. 2019 is going to be a year of a lot of moves. A lot of moves. Somebody's going to L.A. with LeBron. I have no idea who it is, but somebody's going to end up there with him. And it's probably not going to be who we think. Yes, I agree with you on that. Hold on, hold on. So do you really think LeBron's head is in it? Or do you think this is now LeBron thinking beyond basketball? Because now that he's in L.A., it's ironic that a lot of the stuff that he's producing, a lot of shows that he's in, a lot of all this stuff is coming to light. Not to say that he wasn't doing it in Cleveland. It's interesting that he waits till he moves to L.A. to then start pulling, pull, you know, bringing all this stuff out to light. So it makes me want to wonder – Granted, yes, basketball is still the here and now, but how much of basketball 
is really that important to him because he's he's really setting himself up for a post-basketball type of situation. If I had to take a percentage guess, I'd probably say eighty thirty. Hundred and ten percent, man. Eighty twenty. I'm sorry. Wait, <laughs> no, eighty twenty. Sorry. Eighty percent basketball. Twenty percent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's not. He's giving. He's giving all, but he's just not giving all his all. No, because he's. It's not the same situation where you know he had a chance to make it to the finals and win. There's no – he knows right now that team is going to be better, but he knows that team is not in a position to compete, let alone beat Golden State, compete, let alone beat maybe Houston, depending on what they look like. Houston's looking good. Yeah. You know, Melo's apologized for not hitting threes. <laughs> And accepting the six-man rule. He does some crap. He couldn't do that in OKC. Anyway. <laughs> I, 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 Chris Paul probably told him to sit down, shut the F up, and this is this is your last chance. <laughs> yeah, this ain't the banana boat no more. No, I, I, I will say this, though. Um, he trusts Chris Paul a lot more than he trusts Russell. That's the bottom line. He, I believe he knows that Chris Paul is going to give him the ball whether he starts or sits the bench. long as Chris Paul is riding with him or running point, I think he's going to be fine and more acceptable than that. He wouldn't got it. I mean, Russ, don't get me wrong about Russ, but, you know, I two isolation type players is never a good fit. Never a good fit. And Chris is more of a sharing person than the Russell Westbrook is. True, true. I'm pretty sure Chris Paul probably had a conversation with him before he signed and told him this is, you know, how things are going to be. And if you want to, you know, win, you know, you got you to grit and bear for a while. Right. And, he, and, I, and Chris is probably like, don't worry. You know, if you do come off or have, you know, we do actually come off the bench, I'll still give you the rock. It's nothing's going to change. I'll still feed you, you know, you know, do that. And we'll, you know, we'll be good. So. Um, but getting back to the Lakers, um, I agree with you about as far as um, right now, I, I, to be honest, I think it's going to dwindle in percentage. I agree with your 80-20, but I think it's going to dwindle each year. I think it's going to go down to like 70-30, um, then 60-40. And then at this point, it's going to be, you know, he's going to focus primarily on the business side of things. But that's just, you know, real quick, that's just my opinion on it. Um, I really don't have – Go ahead. I was going to say, I said LeBron after this season has four more years. Yeah. He's going to spend the next three with L.A. And then he's going to play that one season wherever his son gets drafted. And he's done. I'm, play, I'm calling that right now. He has four more years. The next This season plus three with the Lakers because he only signed a four-year deal. And he's going to play that one year with his son. And he's done. <sighs> Because his son is going to go straight pro. Because Silver is already going to pass that rule where they don't have to go to college. Somebody's going to pick him up just because he's LeBron Jr. I'm going to tell you right now, all jokes aside, if they pass it, if, if Silver passes that rule the same year he's coming out of high school, I'm going to be really ticked off. I think he's going to pass it much sooner than that. I think he'll pass it while he's like a junior. 
Because I think he was saying something about 2021. Yo, he's no worse. All jokes aside, if that's the case, he's no worse. LeBron James is no worse off than Lonzo Ball's father. Ah, at least Lonzo, at least LeBron can play. <laughs> the bigger question is, you know, will he be will he be good enough when the time comes to come right from high school to the pros? It don't matter. I just think he wants to be on the same team with his son. If his, even if his son comes off the bench, or even if his son don't don't play, it's it's just a pure fact. It's five years. It's five years from now. Let's call spade a spade. We don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this right now. I'm gonna go look at back at this archives five years from now. And if what you say holds true, Adrian, I I, I don't even know where to begin off of that. I'll call you. I'll call you Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could pick the damn lottery like I could leave this thing right here. But I, it's like, just my gut. Just my gut. Maybe I should look at all the old podcasts and see what predictions came true that we never really went back to take a look at. <laughs> now that would be interesting. <laughs> that would be interesting. Well, well, first off, we called. I mean, Earl called the um, um, huh, the best Odell Beckham Jr. contract signing. So you know, we have done that in the past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> extension, I should say. <laughs> but we can continue talking more about that later. But for now, we're going to end it right here. We'd like to thank everybody for listening and subscribing. Um, make sure you subscribe. We're everywhere now. We're on YouTube, Instagram. Um, make sure you subscribe on Twitter as well. So please, we really appreciate all the love and support out there. Um, Yankees up 3-0 the bottom of the six. Just thought I'd check. <laughs> and on that note, um, Ace, why don't you start and let people know where they can reach you at? You can reach me at Yankee Stadium because I'm here cheering for the Yankees. Though I'm there in spirit as I sit in my basement. But you can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963. Go Yankees! Find me on the Graham, Snapchat, Twitter, and J.E. Ross, the number seven. I'm sorry. You're going to have to speak up again. Say that one more time. Oh, I said you're gonna. You can find me on Snapchat, Twitter, and the gram at je ross the number seven at. Okay, and of course you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am out Qualls. Twitter and Instagram. I am out Qualls. I just checked the score and found out that the Knicks beat the Nets one hundred seven to one hundred two. So I got to really watch the condensed version on um, NBA League Pass to see what happened. Um, check out some highlights and see what's good before I do my um, check do my see how my team does but regardless of the fact we'd like to thank everybody for checking us out appreciate all the love and support it's about that time for us to get out of here so in the words of the immortal don cornelius love peace and soul y'all god bless have a good night take care and continue listening <laughs> much love the idol five theta morgan stay home coming this weekend you know the elder is gonna be deep Oh. <laughs> <laughs>